Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Verona Sports and Spiritual Library here in my apartment in Verona, Wisconsin. And what a beautiful day. No cold, not a cloud in the sky. And no smoke. No smoke from Canada taking away the sunshine. And so anyways, I just want to say is that I am going to be reading tonight from the Life Recovery Bible. And it's the uh, New Living Translation. So I finally got the NLT straightened out in my brain. <laughs> Where to find it? It's on the side of the book. <laughs> All right. That's, that's beautiful. All right. So we got David's Mightiest Warriors. These are the name of David's. Mightiest Warriors. The first was Jeshobim, the Hakmate, the Hakmate, who was the leader of three, the three mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in single battle. Next in rank among the three with Eliezer, son of Dedai, a descendant of Ah-Oah. Wait a minute, that's not saying that right. Ahoa. Once Eliezer and David stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled, he killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword, and the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Next in rank was Shammah, son of Aji from Hazar. One time Philistines gathered at Lehi, Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. The Israelite army fled, but Shema held its ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. But the Lord sought about a great victory. Once during the once during the harvest, when David was at the care of Adolphom. The Philistine, the Philistine army, was camped, was camped, in the valley of Raphaim. The three who were among the thirty, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet to meet him there. David was staying 
in his stronghold at the time and the Philistine, Philistine detachment and occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked joke longingly, longingly to his men, Oh, how I wouldn't love some of the, that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through Philistines' lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out at an, op- at an offering to the, to, to the Lord. The Lord forbid, forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploits of the three. All right, so we got, that's good, I like that. It's bravery. There's no doubt about that. And uh, when you're in war and you're, you know, it's not being in a battle. I can just imagine the pain and uh, the the dust and uh, you know, it's, it's it's a place for it's a place for people that are true men. And you're fighting for your for your life, but you're also fighting for your for your guy. Uh, country and your poor your um right to right for freedom it says a lot to me i really uh i really just started thinking about that you know i always i just blow through this stuff and i don't take that and i take it for granted you know there's, there's been some nasty wars but reality is it's probably the nastiest ones when you're getting when you got people throwing swords at you Spears, I should say, too. That would hurt. Abishai, son of... Okay, so this is David's 30 mighty men. Abishai, son of Zemiah, brother of Joab, was the leader of the 30. He once used his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle, it was by such feat, by such feats, that he became as famous as the three. Abishai was the most famous of the thirty and was their commander, though he was not one of the three. There was also Benai. Let me try that again. Benai, son of. Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day, wait, another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. I didn't know that had snow. <laughs> Sorry. 
Once around only with a club, he killed a great Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. Ben-Iah wrenched the spear from Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Ben-Iah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the Thirty. Though he was not one of the three, and David made him captain of the bodyguard, of his bodyguard. Other members of the thirty include Asa Bell, I'm sorry, Asa, Asahel, Joab's brother, Elhanan, son of Dodo from Bethlehem, Shemaiah, Shema from Harad, Alika from Harad, Helis from Pelon, Ira, son of Aikish from Tekoa, Ebiezer from Anathath, Sebekai, from Husha, Salmon, from Anoa, Maharai, from Neto, Fa, Helen, Helen, son of Bana, from Neto, Fa, Itai, son of Rebai from Gilbey in the sand of Benjamin, Benaiah from Pirithon, Urai from Nahal Gash, Abi Alain. Okay, Abi Alban from Araba Asma Beth from Baharum Rim Eli Ava from Shalban The Sons of Jashan Jonathan, son of Shagir, from Hara, Ahaim, son of Sherah, from Hara, Eli Felet, Eli Felet, son of Ahashbai, from Makkah, Eliam, son of Ahithropel from Gilash. I'm sorry, that's wrong. From Gilo, Hezbro from Carmel. 
Peral from Arva, Egal, son of Nathan from Zohar, Bani from God, God, Zalik from Amman, Nahari from Virath, Joab's Joab's armor bearer, Ira from Jatir, Garab from Jatir, Uriah, Uriah from Hittite. There were 37 in all. <laughs> I'm sorry, but. I'm laughing at myself for doing those names, and man, I tell you what, I, I think I did all right, but that's that's some tough speaking right there. That's something I'm not used to. Anyways, I'm gonna go on here to uh, going underneath the uh, going underneath the text here and. Uh, So, what we got going here, we got. Okay. So I'm reading underneath here. I thought it was, no, it's, but it's, what it is, it's just trans, it's translations from, uh, from previous Bibles, from previously, pre previous, text that these they translated over for for us guys to uh to read and have it make sense but that's the thing is is that you know all over the world people are different we all have different names we all have different cultures we all have different backgrounds But one thing matters. We're all from God. We're all products of God. We're his people. We're his, he is our strength. He is our healer. He is our wisdom. And that to me, that to me says a lot. It says a lot about the, uh, how people have stuck together over the years. And they, Stuck, you know, and they've got this Bible going in the right direction where people can actually read it. I think I remember when I was a kid, I didn't think there was any, any Bible in English. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that was a, uh, I'm grateful for that, being, I mean, that thing in English, that's for sure. Chapter 24, David takes a census. Once again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel. And he caused David to David to harm them by taking a census. Go and count the people of Israel and Judah, the Lord told them. 
So the king said to Joab and the commanders of the army, Take a census of all tribes of Israel, from Dan to the north, from Dan in the north to Bathsheba in the south, so I may know how many people there are. Job replied to the king, May the Lord your God let you live to see a hundred times as many people as there are now. But why, my lord, was the why, my lord, the king, do you want to do this? The king insisted that they take the the census as Joab and the commanders of the army went on to count the people of Israel. First, they crossed the Jordan and camped at Emir, Eror, I'm sorry, camped at Eror, Eror, that's a top one again, south of the town in the valley in the direction of God. Then they were went on to Jazer, then to Gilead, in the, in the land of Tatim Hodashi, and to Danjan, and around to Sidon. Then the king came to fortress of Tyre and all the towns of the Habits and the Canaanites. Finally, they went south to Judah, as he was Beersheba. Having gone through the entire land for nine months and twenty days, they returned to Jerusalem. Job reported the number of people in the to the king. There were eight hundred thousand captive capable warriors in Israel who could handle a sword and 500,000 in Judah. So, let's see here. Judgment for David's sins. Judgment for David's sin. But after he had taken the census, David's conscience began to bother him. And he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly by taking this census. This census, please forgive my guilt, Lord, for doing this foolish thing. The next morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet God, who was David's God, who was David's seer. This was the message: Go. And say to your th- you three choices. I'm sorry. Go and say to David, this is what the Lord says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of these. Choose one of these punishments, and I'll inflict it on you. God came to David and asked him, "Will you choose three years of famine throughout your land? Three months?" of fleeing from your enemies in those days of severe plague throughout your land. Think this over. Decide what answers. Decide what answers I should give the Lord. 
who sent me. I am in a desperate situation. David replied to God, Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for the mercy is great. Do not let me fall into the human hands. So the Lord sent a plague. I'm sorry, the Lord sent a plague upon Israel that morning, and it lasted for three days. A total of 70,000 people died throughout the nation, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. But as the angel was preparing to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord relented and said to the death angel, Stop! That is enough. At that moment, the angel of the Lord was threshing for of Ariana of Jebusite, Jebusite. When David saw the angel, he said to the Lord, I am the one who has sinned and done wrong. But these people are as innocent as sheep. What have they done? Let your anger fall against me and against my family. So, I'm going to go on here and read. i got some stuff on the bottom of this page. i go over here. So, what we have is uh, 2410. David sinned again. But notice how sensitive his conscience was. He quickly admitted his failure. David was clearly less than perfect. Even now, yet he was greatly used and deeply loved by God. This really should encourage all of us. No one is perfect. God never requires perfection. He looks for a humble willingness to accept correction. God's grace is extended to everyone who comes to him without pretense. That's uh, that's pretty. That's really powerful too. Because every time in my life that I've like had a hesitation to what I heard, you know, and uh, instead of just going, uh, you know, and, and I heard correction from. I heard correction, and that's what I had to go with, you know. And instead of uh, instead of instead of thinking that I was just being a a bomb, I had to just take correction, and that's what has helped me all out, you know. It's the same thing with my recovery, so. David builds an altar. That day, God came to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord, trusting for of Aratna, the Jebzuite. So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded him. When Arana, 
So he came and buried before the before the king. I'm sorry. When Arina saw the king and his men coming towards him, he came and he came and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Why have you come, my lord, the king? Arina asked. David replied, I have come to buy your threshing floor and build an altar to the Lord so that he will stop the plague. Take it, my lord, the king, to use it as you wish. Abernas said to David, Here are oxen for the burnt offering, and you can use the threshing, the threshing boards and ox yokes for wood to build a fire on the altar. I will give it all to you, your majesty. May the Lord God accept your sacrifice. Was the king replied to Arana, No, I insist on buying it. For I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. So David paid him 50, 50 pieces of, of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. David built an altar, these to the Lord, and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land, his prayer for the land, and the plague on Israel was stopped. Well, you know it's pretty amazing that uh, the communication with that David had with the Lord. You know, it, it took me a long time to realize that was actual communication from that I uh, was having with the Lord for many, many years. Because I didn't have enough uh, self-esteem in myself to realize what was going on. And this is what then I was in recovery. Oh, I didn't have any burnt offerings or anything like that, but <laughs> I know that uh, times are so different now. It's just like a trillion years ago, pretty much. Um, so what we have is 24... 15 through 25. So chapter 24 and 15 through 25. Once again, David's sin brought tremendous suffering upon innocent people. Yet David responded properly and brought restitution. The book ends with David at his altar. His fellowship with God restored. We should be aware that the consequences of our sins and disobedience 
will touch the people around us. This is especially true if we are leaders, whether parents, teachers, or teacher or pastors. Um, one of the things that I needed to learn about when the Bible was that I'll, I'll, you know, these are all different books. These are different books that are the chapter. You know, it's it's actual, you know, it's actual books that were written by, you know, by everybody that is is mentioned, or is it about somebody that was they're mentioned. That's that's what I didn't understand. I didn't understand the fact that how the Bible's wrote. So I saw as a bunch of you know what, and it's not. It's beautiful. But I had to be I had to be in God's word before I would understand it. God's fellowship too. Program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, I listened to a lots and lots of stuff from pastors and Joyce Meyer and Rick Warren and uh, Tony Evans and um, Robert Morris. Personally I like Robert Morris a lot. So we got reflections on 2 Samuel. Insights from David's life. David was anointed king of Israel before his ascension to the throne. David's crowning in 2 Samuel 5 through through 5 is a reminder that king that God is faithful to his promises. Notice that God's promises to David were were not fulfilled right away. He had to wait for many difficult years. Much of that time, he was a fugitive without a without a home. or a country. During that time, God supplied David with help that he needed to survive. The recovery process is never easy. It usually takes a lifetime. God supplies his strength and protection as we continue to recover in recovery. In his initial attempt and retrieving the ark, David had failed miserably. So in 2 Samuel 6, 12 through 15, David turned to the scriptures to see what God said on the mats. On the God said on the matter. Then he set everything straight, meticulously following God's instructions for moving the ark as he and the Israelites moved the ark in proper way, they discovered that the formerly, the formerly terrifying task became an activity full of joy. When we do things God's way, we will discover that even typing, even trying situations can become occasions for joy. 
David's admission in Samuel 2, I'm sorry, 2 Samuel 12, 9-13, I have sinned against the Lord. I was right in a right, I was the right response to the wrong doing. It was an acknowledgement of God, I'm sorry, it was an acknowledgement of David's accountability before God, spurred on by Nathan and cleaning, cleansing Psalm 51. Notice, however, that David, despite David's humble confession, he would still have to face terrible consequences. 12, 10 through 12. Confession only starts the process towards a new life. We still must prove, we still must face the consequences of our past actions, but we can be sure that we can rely on God and build for a productive future. We will help you overcome difficulties arising from the past. He will help us. I'm sorry. He will help us overcome difficulties arising from the past. All right. Insights from Amnon's Rape of Tamar. The consequences of our mistakes often remain long after they have been forgiven. David had David had pursued Bathsheba with a thought to the consequences, with no thought to the consequences. In two Samuel thirteen one through two, Amnon pursued an incestuous. Amnon pursued an incestuous relationship with his half-sister Tamar. This was the indirect consequence of David's earlier moral failure. Amnon became obsessed with his quest to seduce Tamar. He satisfied his lust, much as his father had done before him. We must remember that our children learn by watching what we do. Our actions for good or bad may have consequences for future generations. God has given many things to enjoy. God has given us many things to enjoy. But all of them need to be enjoyed in a proper, in proper context. There is only one night con there's only one right context for sexual intimacy and is that is marriage. God's word gives us guidelines for having a healthy sexual relationship. God calls us to live in of discipline, delayed gratification and self control. Well, Lasting sexual satisfaction can be found only in the context of a committed marriage. In Samuel and 2 Samuel thirteen thirteen, 
Tamar showed the showed that she was aware of the truth as she tried to as she tried to escape her attacker by appealing to his reason. Amnon, however, was too obsessed to stop and listen to her. Yeah, they're obsessed. You know, that's, that's the same thing. With, you know, a sexual addiction is the same thing as alcohol addiction. And we, I'm an alcoholic, and, uh, you know, I'm also having that, that sex drive, too. That's crazy. And... The thing I can't do is I can't like the I cannot like the views to it, and I have to stay in God's. And I have to stay and pray with God, be in God's shadow, you know, and do what God would do it. Do what Jesus would do. You know, it's really hard for me. It's really, really hard for me sometimes to do it that way. But it's the only way I have gratification. And it's the only way that I don't wake up being freaking miserable. Um, so miserable. I cannot stand it being in my skin. So that's, I've got, I have a lot of, I'm a very addictive personality is what they say. And I have that, there's no doubt to that. All right, we'll go on here. As we see from 2 Samuel 13, 20, Tamar was left a desolate woman and probably never married. Her situation should remind us of the price paid by people close to those with manifest addictive personality, addictive behavior. Sometimes we try to deny the pain we may have caused others. But recovery demands that we take inventory of the wrongs we have committed and seek to restore our relationships and bring healing to the lives of those we have wronged. Two years passed after Tamar's rape, but David did nothing about Amnon's sin. Amnon's sin. David's failure to confront his son Restore the family unity, planted the seeds of vengeance and murder, and murder. As we see in 2 Samuel 13, 37 through 39, David also allows three more years to go by without communicating with Absalom, who had avenged the sister's rape by killing Amnon. And then fleeing. The result was a broken relationship that grew into a kingdom torn by rebellion. Forgiveness and restoration of relationships are two primary concerns in recovery. David disregard David's disregard for for those, these principles brought painful consequences 
upon his family and his kingdom. Wow. Says a lot to me about, you know, I've stepped out of line a lot in my past, in recovery and out of recovery, and, uh, you know, my thing was if I'm not drinking, then I'm, I'm fine, I'm good. Food is another addiction, too, you know. The thing is, is I'm in pain, so I just want gratification a lot. I'm in, I'm in real, I'm in physical pain. It has a huge effect on me, but you know what? I have to be a man about it, and I have to step up to the plate, and I have to be, and I have to be responsible for my for my actions and accountable. So, I mean, that's the only way my life's gonna go better. I just have to do it. So, anyways, if nobody else has told you they love you today, I do, and I say that with the power of love. Thank you for listening.